Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, and it's page 1006 in the Bibles in the back of the pews. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then he will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body fitted the fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. This is God's word. Imagine that you uh, step into a, a workout gym, a fitness center for the first time. Now, this may be hard for some of us since uh, we haven't darkened the doors of a gym in quite some time, but just imagine for a moment you're stepping into a gym and you're surrounded by mirrors and, and weights and, and uh, machines. Each are designed for a specific purpose to build up muscle to enhance your endurance or deepen your breathing capacity or improve your overall physical health. Every piece of equipment from the simplest dumbbell in this gym all the way to the most complex cardio machine has its role in this grand scheme of bodybuilding. And each muscle group on your body requires special, consistent attention in order to achieve and to maintain its strength and size. Don't skip leg day. Right? Because it just looks weird. It just looks weird. It looks unbalanced. It looks like the guy's about to topple over. And neglecting even one muscle, or in this case, quite a few muscles will lead to an instability. It will lead to imbalance and even injury is possible. I mean, this guy's about to fall on his head wherever he went. Every muscle is interconnected and needs every other part of the body to function, to grow and to mature. You don't get muscles except that you have veins and arteries that move blood from one place to the other and You don't get muscles except that you have a respiratory system that supplies the blood with oxygen or a brain that acts as that command and control center directing all of the actions of the body and so on. Well, our scripture today out of Ephesians chapter four 
Some have called God's bodybuilding program. God's bodybuilding program. And to catch us up, last week we looked at the idea that we only experience the fullness of God's love in Christ together with all the saints. That was a part of Paul's prayer in chapter three. God is making one people, one family of faith out of many people. And in his glorious wisdom, the way he ordained to bring and keep them together in unity from many backgrounds. A lot of you guys are weird and strange. You eat different things. But he wanted to bring a people together in unity, fit together. And the way he ordained that was to empower them to love and to care for each other. And this would knit them together as one and would become a powerful witness to the world of God's amazing work. You can't go it alone and expect to experience the fullness of God in your life. The reformer John Calvin said this, no member of the body of Christ is endowed with such perfection as to be able without the assistance of others to supply his own necessities. No member of the body of Christ has it all. No member of the body can go with lone wolf. And then Paul issues a call in verse one of chapter four, where he says, therefore I, as a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you've received. You're a part of this now if you're in Christ. You're a part of this body building So step up, don't back down, and don't take it lightly. The faith isn't just about good feels and an awesome show put on on Sunday morning. It is a calling to keep this unity through active love and care for one another. And so verse 7 then says, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. That word now can actually be translated, and maybe in some of your versions is, it can be translated as the word but, in contrast to what he said before. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of God's gift. And and it is this contrast that maybe what Paul is trying to draw out here, that we need each other, and it is only together that we can accomplish this, but together is made up of parts. Together is made up of parts. And every part needs to be fit for their duty. And when every part is fit for their duty, they're able to interface with and supply the body with whatever part or contribution they have. So we are only together able to experience the fullness of Christ, but it is together many parts together. You aren't going to wire a human heart into the carburetor of a 1967 Pontiac GTO and expect it to perform, right? It's not fit for that body. Each part must be fit for its appointment. Down in verse 15, we read, but speaking the truth in love, 
Another way to read that too, I don't have this in my notes, but another way to read that is truthing in love. Because it says speaking, but it actually has a little bit more of a robust meaning. It's speaking and acting. So truthing in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. And from him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. By the proper working of each individual part. God's bodybuilding program is that we would grow into the head, which is Christ. This is what we mean to become more Christ-like and particularly in our loves, that we would replace our worldly self-seeking love and in its place, we would become more like Christ in his self-giving love to one another. And then from the head, Christ directed, we would be fit and knit together, building the whole body up by the proper working of each part. So another version says, as each part does its work. Each part doing its work strengthens and helps the other parts grow. Each part is interconnected with the other parts until we are mature and complete. So how do we become fit for the body? This passage tells us it is grace. Grace allows us to be fit. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace. Grace fits us for the body. But what does that actually mean? Well, grace is always undeserved favor or an undeserved gift. Something we did not earn, we could not perform in order to receive. It's something that was given out of the free will of God, the mind of God, grace. And Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith, But grace doesn't stop in salvation alone. The grace of God continues to give to each one of us. Specifically, the Bible tells us that he gives us what are called gifts of grace. Gifts of grace or spiritual gifts. In verse 8, there's this little kind of sidebar quotation of Psalm 68 that Paul dives into. He says, for it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive and he gave gifts to the people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. Paul's drawing from that text in Psalm 68. And the he that Paul is referring to is Jesus Christ. And he is the one who ascended on high after first descending to the earth, even to the lower parts of the earth. Another way of saying to the grave. Where he accomplished God's redemptive plan. Where he defeated the enemy. The devil. Where he defeated the enemy. Sin. Where he defeated the enemy of mankind. Death. And what did he do in doing that? Well, he took captives captive. It's another way of saying, we were all bound up in captives, slaves. And he came and he opened the gates. And instead of being captive to sin and death and the devil, 
we became captives of this king who came and rescued us. And we went back, I mean, this whole Psalm 68 is this, this, very, this very much so imagery of that time of a, of a king going and, and taking captives and then those captives would be paraded through the streets. And, he, and Paul's tweaking it a little bit from Psalm 68. If you go and you'll read that, you can see it. He's tweaking it a little bit and he's saying, God took captives captive. He, he rescued the captives from their slavery and from their sin and their death and he brought them out. And what does he do? Once they're out, is that enough? Is by grace you've been saved through faith? Is that it? No, he gives good gifts. He gives gifts to the people. He adds on top of his grace, more grace. So what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a special ability and strength that is given by the Holy Spirit to Christians, to be used for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. It is a special ability or strength given by God, by Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within every believer to be used for the purpose of building up the body of Christ, which is his church. And here's the awesome truth about it. For everyone in this room, God has given at least one spiritual gift to every single believer. Every single person in this room who has put their hope and faith in Christ, he has given a spiritual gift and he has given the measure of faith to use it. Lest though that we think that it's all about how great we are and how awesome captives we are that he would do such an awesome thing for us, it's not. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the one who is filling all things to the fullness and yes, he is talking about captives and gifts that he gives them. And this is, but this is all about Jesus. We're talking about his body. This is Paul, one of Paul's favorite metaphors to use. He loves to use the metaphor of the body. And it is a metaphor for the union of Christ and his people, or his people to Christ. And how this union of his people to Christ was the mystery for all ages that has now been revealed for the maximum glory to God the Father from all creatures, great and small. Spiritual gifts are supernaturally given abilities and strengths to be used in love for the building up of God's new people in Christ. Now to illustrate this, Paul lists here in Ephesians some roles and positions of grace that God has given to the church He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. All gifts are necessary for building up the body. And it is so that Christ has supernaturally empowered some people to fill roles in order that the saints might be equipped to use their gifts for the work of ministry. This passage says uh, that the saints may be equipped for the work of ministry. Ministry, another word for ministry is just service. That's what it means. For the works of service. 
If you're interested and you want to explore more deeply the list of spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a place you can go, as well as Romans chapter 12. And I want you to listen to what Romans chapter 12 reads. It says, for by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than he should think. It's not about you. It's not about how you look or how this makes you feel important. Instead, thinking sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one, now as we as parts have many parts in one body, now we, now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Remember last week we said that we belong to each other. We belong to one another. In Christ, we belong to each other. We're not our own. We were bought with a price. We're captives, set free. He took captives, captives. We're not our own. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, Use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhorting. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. So you believe that by God's grace, he has gifted you for service in the body of Christ. What do you do? How, how do you know how and where to serve? How do you know what gift or gifts God has given to you. I'm gonna walk really quickly through four points. The first one is serve with love, or serve in love. How do you discover the gift of grace that God has given to you? You start serving in the body in sincere love, any way possible. Serve one another. You don't just find out... um, you don't just find out the name of a gift. You know, the, the, you go to the chart over there in 1 Corinthians or in Romans, and you, you look through it and you go, I want that one. And then you take it and you start to do that. No, you, you don't start there. You start serving. You start serving and then you will begin to see where God has given you special strengths and abilities. Others will see it too. And together, you will be able to provide greater focus to where you serve and how you serve and express those giftings. But not if you're waiting on the sidelines doing nothing, going, well, until I get the word, until I get the name badge that says John Richards with my title underneath it, I'm not doing anything. Get off the sidelines. Uh, Russell Moore has a quote where he says, in the New Testament, We don't find our gifts through self-examination and introspection and then find ways to express it. Instead, we love one another, we serve one another, we help one another, and in doing so, we see how God has equipped us to do so. We find it out in the trenches. We go find it out by doing. You're not gonna find it out by waiting. Get in the game. Start running. I had the opportunity, the privilege to spend 20, 25 minutes on the phone with my dear sister, Kathy, yesterday. Um, for those, 
you know Kathy's story. She has had many years of fighting a battle with cancer. How many years? Six years. Six years. And many of you have been a part of that journey. You've, you've heard as the testimonies have come and, and the, 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 the monument stones have been set of God's faithfulness throughout that. But we were talking, and we were talking a little bit about what was going to be talked about this morning. Um, and, you know, Kathy had expressed, I hope it's okay for me to share what we talked Yeah. I had asked her on the phone too. She said, yes, I just want to confirm it in front of you guys. <laughs> so no one's nervous there going, uh, he's sharing a phone call. Um, she'd expressed how like, she's in a season where she's found a family in you guys here and how she loves you. And it just so happens to be the season where she can't do a lot, but she wants to. And so she'll get emails and she'll get, she'll know what's going on, but she, her heart wants to be here, but she can't be here. Because her body won't allow her. And, and, it, and, and, and she was not bemoaning this fact. She was, she was going, it's a mystery of God. Why, why? Maybe one day, I think she said, I don't know why. But then she said, but you know, there's been times, a couple times, that I found myself in the hospital. Laying on a bed, either hooked up to a machine or going through, uh, I think she used some hyperbole, a million tests. And I'll hear the doctor giving a diagnosis or a prognosis or whatever you call it to the patient next door. And it's not good. And something in me moves to get up out of my bed. And I think in one case, go lay in the bed with the other patient and just say, I'm here. Or to go and hold a hand. I think once she's connected to machines, and how do I get over there? I don't know if I can get, I'll figure out a way. She gets over there to hold a hand and pray with someone and they're bawling, they're crying their eyes. That's exactly what I needed. The Lord met me here in this place. Kathy's not waiting around in the hospital, (laughs) hooked up to machines in pain. And she's going, Lord, how can, how could you use me here? If I can't be where I want to (laughs) be, I can't be doing the thing. I want to go to team night. <laughs> I want to be there for this. I want, to be there. I want to be out there serving in some way. Use me some way. And he's put opportunities in a hospital. And she got up out of bed and she took them. That's extraordinary. That's extraordinary. For many, uh, you know, we talk about a hospital bed. Getting up from Netflix would be difficult. Getting my shoes on to go to church, to be with the people of God to serve. Ah, I don't know where I put those, and so I'm just going to stay. I, I just think it's inspiring to hear that wherever you're at, and, and whatever way. And one of the things that she said is, is um, she shared with me, is, is that what, what were, you, you might in your head, you might go, you know what? That's probably just who Kathy is. She's always been that way. And she's like, no, that's not me. <laughs> I don't get out of beds and crawl into bed with other pe- strangers that I don't know. <laughs> I don't do that. The Lord moved with a special ability, a supernatural empowering to allow Kathy to get up out of bed and to go do some ministry to someone who needed it. Serve in love. Don't wait around for a title. 
Don't wait around for a, a category you can check your name to or a, another category you can be envious that you didn't get, you know, and, and vie for that. Just start serving in love. Number two, submit for equipping. It says that God gives gifts to everyone, but he has given some roles, some people to move into roles for the building up of the body, the equipping of the saints so that we can move toward maturity. God gives the gifting and he has called some to equip you for service, to help you to identify your giftings and to direct you to best use your giftings for the building up of the body. These people that he has given during this season, the Lord has put me in this place as the primary voice on Sunday morning to teach. I don't know why. I stand in my office every morning going, man, if you don't get me out of that door and onto that stage, I don't want to go. You guys just, you don't know me uh, from before. I'm, I'm, I'm very introverted when I'm not feeling the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm probably walking aimlessly (laughs) to try to find a corner I can hide in. (laughs) Away from you guys. (laughs) But then something happens. The Lord is faithful. I don't take it for granted. Every week, I call it panic. (laughs) You might call it faith. (laughs) There is something about Lord come through. Lord, speak. If, if I get up there and I put what I just put down on paper and I give it to them, it ain't gonna be very good. But if you're there and you're strengthening and empowering and you're speaking to your people to build up your body, it might be something. And I'll go, I'll be the fool. But Lord, you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do the thing. They instruct us, they teach us, they correct us in order that we might remain in love because later in 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, Paul talks about how anything done outside of love is worthless. So it's not just about having a great gift, but it's about having a great gift and using that gifting in love. You can do all sorts of things to serve one another selfishly. You know that, right? We serve others selfishly all the time. What do we get out of it? How does it make us feel? All sorts of things. First Corinthians says it must be done in love. Otherwise it's worthless. Whether it's shepherding or pastoring or teaching, it isn't about doing all the works of the service. We've talked about this last week. The pastor does not shoulder those things biblically. The pastor shoulders the weight to equip the saints to do the work of ministry to do the work of service. That's the shouldering of the pastor. That's what he carries. That's what the teacher or the shepherd carries, according to Ephesians. So you begin to surf. You step out. You, you start the race. Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm gonna start running, and I wanna do it for you. And somewhere along the way, he starts to show and piece things together. And then he brings people into your life, like shepherds and Teachers who can help. Hey, I see this in you, and wow, that really came out of you. And the Lord seems to be using that in your life. That might be something for you to think about or consider. Or maybe we could move you to this ministry because you'll be able to use that gifting in this ministry best. 
People come alongside of you to champion you and to cheerlead you and give you high fives and say, go, 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 go. Number three, then you must steward it with passion. You must steward the gift that God has given you with passion and zeal. You have to remember Paul's words at the beginning of Ephesians 4 that said, walk worthy of the calling you have received. Don't walk out of here and walk away from it. Walk worthy of the calling you have received. This is no small thing, church. Christ doesn't give gifts to be wasted, but he gives gifts to every single believer, which means it's probably being wasted. (laughs) Christ doesn't give these gifts to be squandered. He does not give them to be used for selfish gain. God also doesn't give gifts to be envied by others as if one part of the body is supposed to be in competition with another part of the body. This is his church, his people, his bride, and his bride is precious to him. Who she is and who he's making her into be. You may not believe it, but people can take their gifting from God and go rogue. There's a passage that Jesus talks about. It's probably one of the scariest passages ever. Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons, heal the sick? Supernatural things. Things that if they actually didn't do, someone could go, no, you didn't. And Jesus doesn't say, no, you didn't. What does he say? Depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. We don't know the motive of their heart, but we can start guessing. Selfish gain. There's some evidence of that in in the book of Acts as the ministers are going along, encountering folks who want supernatural power for selfish gain. You have to steward it with passion. You can't go rogue. You can't get arrogant or independent with your gift. I'm gonna decide how and where and when I use this gift. It's not what it says. It says God gives gifts and they're for the building up of his body and they're in the context of his body and there are caretakers along the way like teachers and pastors and shepherds who come alongside of you to help champion those in you but you just can't go rogue. I'm just gonna go to the streets and love people. I'm just gonna go out to the street and love people. That's not God's bodybuilding program. Galatians 5, 25 and 26 reads this way. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. You guys remember the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25? A master gives a set of talents to servants, each according to their ability. And he goes away and he expects that they would take that talent, whatever a talent was a form of of, uh, currency, take that talent and use it for his purposes, for his kingdom advancement, for the expansion of his household by investing it and growing it. 
And servant after servant said, yes, I took your talent and I went and I, I did that and it multiplied. And, and here's, what I, here's what I did with what you gave me to do. I give it back to you. And the master says, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then one comes along. He received the least. And he says, man, I knew you were a hard man. You know, uh, reaping where you did not sow. And I was scared, man. If I lose this one thing, he's gonna be mad. So I went and I buried that one little talent in the ground and I sat on it and I waited for you to come back and, and here's that one thing you gave to me. And that master in that parable says, you wicked, lazy, evil servant. At least you could have put it into a bank and earned a little bit of interest, but you buried it in the ground Depart from me. I never knew you. Depart from me. Be gone. The parable of the talents is about this idea of stewarding what God's given. And we, we're talking about spiritual gifts here. We could, we could go into all areas of life. God has given everything that you have. Some things he has given you are supernaturally empowered to accomplish the building up of the body. Don't be like the one servant who did nothing with what was given. And when the master returned and wanted an accounting, there was a price to pay. Romans chapter 12, after the list of gifts in Romans chapter 12, in, in the verse 11, it says, do not lack diligence in zeal. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. We are to steward what God has given us with passion and zeal. Not to lay it aside, and I'll get to that at some point, not to let it get dusty. But to day in and day out, week in and week out, to show up and say, God, I, I know who you are <laughs> and I, I know what your kingdom demands. And I know that you are good and I know that I'm your child and I know all the promises that make me feel really good but I also know who you are and what you're doing and you are doing something here among your people that I can't just sit on a shelf and walk away from to attend to my own life and my own way and all the things that I want to give my attention to only to come back at the last minute on my last breath or when I'm on a ventilator and say, now God, I'll pick it up. Every day, day in and day out, that whole block of parables right there in Matthew 25, around Matthew 25, are about he's coming at one point. You don't know when. And he's going to ask for a reckoning, an accounting from each one of us for what he gave us. And that should sober us. It shouldn't scare us. It should sober us. Steward the gifts that God has given you with passion. There's a Latin word, soli deo gloria. And that's our final point. Soli Deo Gloria. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says. Just as each one has received a gift, just as each one has received a gift, 
Use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. What's the end of all these gifts? What's the end of this spiritual empowering and strengthening to build up his body? God's glory. Soli Deo Gloria is Latin for glory to God alone. Glory to God alone. What God has given us, whether considered great or small, is not for us to boast in our own giftedness, but that God might be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. Look look what God is doing. See what God is doing among us. Look how he has given each and every one of you, every one of his children, both here and abroad, a part to play in how he's going to reveal himself to all of creation. He's given you a part to play in that. How he intended from before time began to show himself, reveal himself to all of creation and his eternal power is through made manifest through the church, through you and I, knit together. We are, we're blasting, we're like a speaker blasting to all of creation. Glory to God alone. Look what God is doing. What on earth? Next week's the Super Bowl. Two teams I hate. (laughs) But what on earth could be more exciting What on earth could be more thrilling or joyous or wonderful, humbling, exalting, and worship-provoking than the reality that through his gifts deposited into you and me, knit together, he could build up his body to blast out to creation. Look who I am. Look who I am. Look how beautiful and glorious I am. Look how wonderful and marvelous and majestic I am. Look how I am from before and I will be after. Look. Look at what I did with this ragtag bunch of weirdos. I brought them together. I made something glorious out of these jars of clay. Yeah, I had to deposit something pretty precious in them. And I had to tend to it and make it grow and and make that light shine brighter and brighter and knit them together. In fact, I had to do it all. They did nothing. But they put themselves on the altar and said, Lord, soli deo gloria. Glory to you alone. It all comes from him. It works through us. Back to him. Final thing I'll say is to answer our question, who serves? Serving is your calling. Every one of you. Serving is your calling. 